Welcome to Chat Your Own with Candy Ann Noodle, the monthly chat show podcast about all things now, then, and tomorrow. It's a little politics, a little art and science, and a whole lot of feminism. Liberal as fuck. I am Candy here with Noodle. Hey. Hey. How you doing? I am doing all right. And yourself? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I feel I'm, like you always give the like social norm answer of I'm, everything. Yeah. I'm face crack when you smile. Fine. I'm Excellent. Fine. Totally fine. Those um, are just wrinkles, by the way. Those are just wrinkles. And those are, you know what? Smile lines. Mm-hmm. There you go. And uh, yay. Personality like I lived a good life. Um, that's what that means, right? That's what wrinkles mean. You're a happy person. Uh, that's what Pink says. Did you read the great thing that she said about no. how somebody criticized her wrinkles? And she was like, it's because my life is awesome, oh, you dick bag. It you was really, dickbag. it was really quite beautiful. That is, that is the perfect answer for that. That is the perfect. I love her so much. Yeah. Um, we have a special guest this month. We have Jen is here today. And if you, if you listen, you know who Jen is because we talk about Jen. Hello. Hey, Jen. How Thank you, you, ladies. I'm, I'm doing, you know what? Really good right now. This, this is uh, a really great place for me to be right now. Well, so we're, thank we're you so for happy having me. To have you here as our first special guest. I know. It's so exciting. honored. A little nervous. No. Not, not going to lie. Great. A little nervous. If I had my you know my shit together a little bit more, I might have like made you a button or something. I've been like first, first guest. guest. Right. Oh my gosh! Like, like, like a Disneyland. Disneyland. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like then you first... just do a dry erase, and then you do it for the next guest. <laughs> the next guest. Seventeenth right. guest. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's a really good idea, though. Like, something that's, like, Velcro. Like, yeah. you can wear it while you're here. When exactly. you're here, you wear... And then give it back. The special thing. <gasps> oh, or, like, maybe a hat. Maybe it's, like, special guest hat. Oh, we should have a hat. Oh, yeah. Sold. <gasps> pippy, pippy little, you know. Mm-hmm. I do like hats. Like a little yeah. fascinator. Yes. Oh, there's going to be feathers involved. <laughs> um, we are both excited, and I think maybe a little interested to see how the conversation goes. This month, we are talking women at work. Applause. Yay! Because we did <laughs> promise that we were going to come back to the topic of yes. women's rights and what's been going on in wake of the Me Too Times Up movements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this seemed like a really good topic to revisit as we all work in professional environments and yeah. uh, in very different industries. In mm-hmm. total, yeah. yeah. Totally so it, it'll be interesting to compare what our um, experiences have been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before we go too far into it, uh, I do want to ask uh, one question. Uh, I'm going to ask you both individually. I'd like you to answer in one word, if you can. So I'll start with Noodle. I'm going to ask you. Right. <laughs> um, has your career been affected by, or have you experienced any any situation that went a certain way specifically because you are a woman? I mean, yes, but. Okay. If it's got to be one one word, that there's no, no way to answer that question. I mean, sure, that's a okay. one word. Yeah, answer. No, that, that's a one word. You're in, yeah, you're like your tone yeah. is totally unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that. That's um, what I want. I want the like initial emotional response. One more. Rarely. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jen. Interesting. I was going to say usually. That isn't. That's <laughs> why all the different industries. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Usually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. I also feel like usually is a really good one. Um, 
whatever I roll. Uh, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna do our we're gonna throw some topics out there. We're gonna try to touch what we think are the the biggies uh, mm-hmm. that have to do with women at work, growing your career, uh, what you are uh, encouraged to do throughout your lifetime, and how that might be different. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to get into what you're eating, Noodle. I have two books that I want to talk about this week, and in a very unusual turn of events, one of them I did not like, and I'm going to talk about a book that I didn't like. I never do this. I always talk about books that I love, but man, this book is, I so didn't like it that I feel the need to talk about it, Um, but I'm going to talk about the one I liked first, uh, called Sisters-in-Law by Linda Hirschman, and it's a story of how Sandra Day O'Connor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg were the first two women to sit on the Supreme Court. And so I picked this up, and I was like, this might be really dry. And it was amazing. It is chatty. It is full of of really great, rich details and personality. And there's also love stories in it, because both of these really powerful, um, influential women had partners who adored them and supported them and believed in them, and like kind of the difference that that made in their journey to to end up being the first and second woman on the Supreme Court. And I loved it. And I read this book in advance of seeing the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary, which also you all should see, RBG, Notorious, all day long. Um, and it was interesting to see the different stories. Not that the stories themselves were different, but the different perspectives on the stories mm-hmm. that were being showed in the documentary versus in the book. But the book itself was a page turner. It was very engaging the relationship between the two women was interesting and the relationship that they had with the other judges were all over the place. Because, I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the big liberal, was like besties with Anton Scalia. Anton Scalia, <laughs> I can pronounce these words, who was like the worst of all the people. I mean, don't talk ill the dead, but he was the worst. Mm. Um, so it was like, it was a really, really great book to show those kind of personalities and how it came through, and I really, really enjoyed it. Nice. And um, the author interviewed both or has uh, no didn't interview either of them built the information entirely on transcripts from the supreme court and talking to their clerks oh interesting and like different people in their lives oh. literally did not interview either woman because oh. they she reached out to them and they said no so it's unauthorized blah, right. blah, blah. It's not, they're not really biographies it's mm-hmm. just it, it was great it was very engaging and interesting and i loved it that's great um and the other book that I read, Lincoln in the Bardo by George Saunders. And I hate it. I am actually still reading this. I am struggling through. I'm going to finish, but I deeply, deeply dislike it. It is a ghost story. Sort of. Uh, I I wish we had video. I know. So So people could see her eye rolls. Uh, It's told from, so it's a story about, that takes place right after uh, Abraham Lincoln's son, Todd, dies and it's Lincoln in the story goes back to visit Todd's dead body and like takes him out of the crypt and hugs him and so all of the ghosts living in this graveyard like spend the rest of their time hoping that a real live person will come and hug them and it's like about their experience and it's just like it's very disjointed you never know who's talking there's no character development and I'm just like miserable reading it and it's written in script form except for the person who's talking is under the thing that they've said. So you read their line and then you figure out who it is that said it. And it's just stupid. I hate it. Uh, I almost recommended this for my book club. And I read the first 10 pages and I was like, oh, thank God, because everybody would hate me as a result. <laughs> uh, and it won every single prize on the planet. It won, like, I was shortlisted for everything. It was 
and I it's just it's so awful. And it turns out I have read another book by George Saunders. 10, 15 years ago called Civil Warland in Bad Decline, which was also super weird, but made more sense. It was like a series of vignettes, whereas this is just like ghost nonsense. So I cannot recommend that book. Wait, the faces that Jen and I are wearing oh, are I'm both so confused. like... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds horrible. That's that's the face I'm making the entire time reading it. I have been st- I'm on like page 50 and I have been laboring through this book for a month. Yeah. I've, I, I've read books with and, that face on. And there's yeah. no, I, I'm I'm a finisher. I cannot put books down. Right. And I just, I'm really suffering with it. So don't read that. I mean, I'll still post a picture, but don't read it. <laughs> Not at all recommended all right. by Chacharone Podcast. Yeah. Uh, Jen, are you reading anything interesting at the moment? Well, I, I just um, I just started uh, Three Wishes by Leanne Moriarty, who also, who wrote um, Big Little Lies, which was made into a miniseries on HBO, which was fantastic. And I just, I like her voice. Uh, I was telling Noodle last night that I've only, I've only read like the first, you know, a couple of dozen pages, um, but right off, I'm in it. I like the way the story is unfolding. It's very clear that it's multiple people telling a different, or multiple people telling the same story from their perspective, oh, and yeah, you like you know right when it changes and you where it's it going. Say it afterwards, and you have to it guess. It does not. There's a simple little thing, like a paragraph break. Nice. It's and visual, and you're just in it, and it flows. And again, it was one of those things. I'm like, oh, I'll just start this, and. You know, I, I was like, I'll give myself ten minutes to read, and I'm like a couple dozen pages in. It's it's good. Nice. It's quick. It's fun. It's I'm in it. Um, but before that, and I uh, just passed along to Noodle was and and Candace, you're reading this as well. I haven't started it yet. Oh, I just yeah, bought it. Okay, yeah. um, I'll be gone in the dark by uh, Michelle McNamara, but finished by her husband and uh, some colleagues who are helping her do some of the investigation. So, no, I'm definitely looking forward really, to reading it. Yeah, me too. Um, a bit of a disclaimer: it's, it's it's graphic, it's disturbing, it's true, which makes it all the more graphic and disturbing. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, it's to to the listening audience that disclaimer was directed solely at Noodle. Uh, there is no <laughs> question that Candy can be just fine with like real gross, uh, uh, descriptive, I, I skim the gross, itty notes. bitty like detailed yeah. discussions about gross things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm and, uh, not my jam. But I'm going to read it. I'm excited. Right. Yeah, it is no, fascinating. I mean, it's, it's part yeah. of a cultural phenomenon right now. So Absolutely. Yeah. Just the, the timing of everything. If it were written into a movie or a book, you'd be like, oh, it's, just, it's just too much coincidence. Like, you know, she dies two years later. The book comes out a week and a half or two weeks later. They arrest. It's like this is a publicity stunt. This is, right? this is manufactured in Hollywood. But it's not. So it's crazy. Yes. Yeah. And you would think that that would have hurt sales, but apparently it didn't. It right. didn't. And the I fact that like suddenly there's like a reveal of who it is. Like, nope, people want to read no, it. No. People want to know. Because the story isn't as much about that person, but the case and the, you know, the relentless investigation from the respective police departments and the FBI and citizens who were just so driven to take this upon themselves because it was such a mystery but they knew it was just a person but just a person who was systematically and consistently just terrorizing people in just such a dehumanizing demoralizing and and fatal way 
that's that's a really nice light summer read for everybody. Let's read that on the beach, guys. Some lemon bars, and you know, it's a page turner, sparkling lemonade. But that said, a lot of people do say that it is easier to consume during daylight hours around other people. That's fair. That's a totally. That's a really good like tidbit to give somebody if you're recommending a book that's yes. good trigger warning uh, yeah. makes me think of uh, putting the shining in the freezer <laughs> you want to put the book in the freezer Aww, okay let's put the put book, the in, book the in the freezer um we are so uh, fandoms anonymous this month i had uh, a few things to say about agents of shield which i'm not going to say other than kind of shocked at the ending i've been waiting for and i'm not going to spoil anything we're going to try not to spoil anything um i've been waiting for an ending to agents of shield that coincided with infinity war and we didn't get one the season ended and there's still agents of shield still in the moment agents of shield has not gotten past the end of infinity war and now they're in hiatus so they're going to finish out that moment in the cinematic universe at the beginning of the next season which one bullshit too. <laughs> Remember how we were admiring their timing last I, time? Th- and well, then that's why I'm upset about it because it does. I, and then I afterwards I read a few things that were like, uh, it's the same universe, but you know maybe the time like things are changing. I don't think that the show is going to continue to be so extremely parallel timeline wise. It's the same universe, but you know timing wise. So we'll see what happens. I'm still going to watch the fucking show, although. Oh, Never mind, I'm not even going to talk about it. Forget it. Forget it. Uh, recently, we have all seen uh, Infinity Wars, which we talked about last month, and uh, Deadpool 2. We also saw Solo today, which we will not Woo-hoo. give any spoilers on. But yeah, everybody, one Loved word. Loved it. Fun. Fun, fun, fun. Exceeded expectations. Absolutely yeah, exceeded yeah. expectations. The soundtrack mm-hmm. is excellent. Oh, yeah. The, the technology is spot on because it's the older technology. It's the kind of like rusty, beat up square edges of everything. It mm-hmm. looks right. Yeah, it yeah. looks right. It feels right. And yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big Han Solo fan. My, my forever. Um, and yeah, I, I had a lot of heartfelt expectations of, oh, God, don't ruin this for me. And they didn't. It was great. No, it was. It was great. And this is, uh, I haven't seen a Star Wars movie on the big screen ever. So this was a huge deal for me. And, like, I was like, oh, man, I hope it doesn't suck. And (laughs) it did. Oh, my gosh. it was great. And it was awesome. And Chewie's one of my top three favorite Star Wars characters ever. So, like, that was great. I really, really enjoyed this. It was a fantastic And I feel like Chewie had a a much better storyline in this movie than he's ever been able to have before. They never gave him one before. Yeah. He, had, he had depth and yeah. and emotions and, and a struggles. And, and yeah, yeah. In a way that like nobody ever bothered with before. They were like, yeah, yeah. I'm a hairy guy. Right. I mean, he was always Han Solo's sidekick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His trusty sidekick. And you, you know, in the, the, the original trilogy, you got the sense that they'd been just through stuff together. You know, obviously, they were, you know, there for each other through all of their future adventures. But you just didn't understand, like, his yeah. struggle and how he got brought into that right. world. Like, where'd you come from? Yeah, you yeah. always knew they had this I mean, Kashiki, but <laughs> more specifically. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> where'd you two meet? Uh, very much, uh, I guess you could compare it for some of the younger people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I think was like, like, nobody under 
30 is listening to us. However, <laughs> if you are young people, uh, it's slightly comparable to uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow in the current MCU universe Ooh. or MCU. They have this history and you know they're super tight and they talk about these things they did, but you really don't know what that yeah, was. Right. You just right. know that they're best loyal friends. Right. And it's nice to kind of, and what I'm saying is Black Widow movie, let's go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, right? uh, as long as Hawkeye plays a big part in it as well. I know. I love Hawkeye. I'm not embarrassed. I, I totally want to see Tag. I mean, I, I don't know that I'd pay to see it in the theater. I'm going to see Tag at home. Right. Definitely. Oh, no. Yeah, like Definitely. I'm going to rent it yeah. for like four ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> but like I, I, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Right. Because oh, even sure. though it is like white dudes making another fucking movie. I don't care mm. that it's based on a true story. It's white dudes making a movie. Granted, this could have been made six years ago. I don't know anything about it. Right. But um, I, I, everyone who's in it looks great. And he, Jeremy Renner looks so friggin' great in it yes. that like, we're, we're going to watch it. I mean, yeah, gonna no, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. For sure. Um, I want to take like, I'm going to look at the clock. I want to take like five minutes and talk about fridging in regards to the superhero, the the issues with their love, and this trope that happens all the time. But I did not know it was called fridging. So I'm mm-hmm. going to let Jen explain it because we just talked about it and she explained it very well. Uh, fridging. Go okay. Ahead. Well, um, I think the term itself is relatively new considering that it came from the Green Lantern movie with uh, Ryan Reynolds. And it's... Uh, spoiler? Is it a spoiler? If, I mean, you know what? No. If, if anyone's upset about learning something about the Green Lantern, mm. you should. You have other things to worry about. I mean, the worst thing about that is the CGI. I mean, why do you CGI a perfect Green body? Green Lantern should make you worry by itself. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it should be happy we're talking about it right now. Yeah, but so you don't have to watch it. So I haven't seen it, but in the movie, uh, the Green Lantern's love interest is murdered by one of his adversaries, who's you know taking vengeance on him. So he murders his love interest, cuts her up, and puts her in a refrigerator. And the whole conceit is that they're giving the male superhero character purpose, plotline, motivation. Character development. Drive. On on the back of the murder for women. So you have to, yes, exactly. So kill off his love, and now he has something to live for. And fight right, for. Right. And women are, you know, a disposable plot device. Plot device. So I had not heard of it until recently. Um, don't even want to say which film, but there is a film that kind of triggered this uh, discussion again. And it's, you know, you think back, there are quite a few films that we all still love. And uh, it's hard not to see this. Absolutely. Uh, specifically to the genre, mm-hmm. of course. And it's... Right. I mean, you see it in any, anywhere across a graphic novel E setting because you don't just see it in like what we think of as typical comic book characters. You see it in The Crow and, you know, and all of these things. Books. And books. I, I mean, I, all, all storytelling since the beginning of, of storytelling, really, it, is where you so see it. It's so funny that, we, that we're talking about this because literally this morning my husband was watching me sob over... Uh, Book four of the Dark Tower, um, <laughs> Wizard and Glass, in which there is a very serious fridging incident. And he was like, and so I'm weeping uh, over Susan's fate. If, if you haven't read the Dark Tower books, they've been out for 20 years. So yeah. read them. Yeah. So uh, I'm bored. Nah. Um, also candy. It's yeah. Fine. Well, I mean, I feel like I've given you a hard time about this a lot. It's so. okay. it's, you should. Uh, so I'm, I'm sobbing over her fate. And my husband looks at me and he goes, 
just another example of fridging. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he actually described it as getting a fridge dropped on you. But, <laughs> you know, that's fine. I mean, the, the basic concept is the same. And uh, and I got really defensive about it. And I was like, damn it. He is right. Well, I mean, not that's not to be confused with nuking the fridge, which came out of the fourth Indiana Jones film uh-huh. where... Uh-huh. He, it, it's uh-huh. a, a plot device that allows a character to survive in a very unsurvivable situation, but you can't kill off Indiana Jones. So you put so him in a refrigerator right. and then a nuclear bomb yeah. goes off and he's bounced to safety. So, yeah, no, this was not that. This was definitely yes. dropping a fridge Dip. on them. Yeah. Or lighting the fridge on fire, as the, or as the case may be. Right. Chopping her into bits and putting her on ice. I mean, which I'm. I mean, I'm in for pe- people in general getting chopped yeah. into bits, and you know, in fiction, and and dropped into refrigerators or whatever. I mean, that's just the <laughs> right way to get rid of a body. It's fine, um, but I I find the conversation about looking at women's continued same roles and storytelling Lack of agency is is mm-hmm. you know kind of looking at it from a different place because as a younger person, we of course you you see these things happening, but you don't quite know how to interpret it yet you're not able at, when you're 14 you're not able to interpret that on a grand scale of inequality and ex- all of existence you just see mm-hmm. this story being told over and over and over again essentially but you don't really know how to grasp it um we when we were watching beauty and the beast last night and uh guest on is singing and um, what i leaned over and i was <laughs> like just another white man won't take no for an answer yeah. like <laughs> and that's and of course when you're however old watching mm-hmm. that movie you don't think about that but you it is in every disney movie it's right. in, which are based on fairy tales and fables which are all, yes. was, the story was told hundreds of thousands of years ago it's the same story and I, women were things to be saved and protected right. and Which, rescued and beauty and the beast i don't f- i feel like she rescues oh, exactly but she that's rescues why it's him. one of my favorites but it, that that storyline is still mm-hmm. continually told so yeah. i was just thinking about two opposite examples of this one being inspired by the t-shirt that candy's wearing mm-hmm. uh in wonder woman mm-hmm. uh chris pine's character whose name i don't remember Steve he bridges himself. Something. And then he sacrifices himself. Yes. And yeah. that's right. very rare that it comes on the other side. He sacrifices himself. And as a result, she goes on and saves the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the end of The Last Jedi, Rose interrupts the fridging where. Um, Finn. What's his face? Finn. Thank Poe. you. Where Finn attempts to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. to save everybody else. And she was like, no, yeah. we're not having that. So those are like kind of opposite moments of it that are recent. So that's kind of interesting that maybe they're trying to break this trope slowly. Or, right. you know, telling the story that's existed for a long time from the other uh, perspective. Uh, 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 right. A, a, a smarter way to look at the situation. But I think the thing with Wonder Woman, because it did cross my mind, also mm-hmm. staring at candy shirt, only thing that I would say... And the only reason I would say that that's not the same thing with Wonder Woman is because she was already on a heroic mission to save everybody from this war. Like she, She's like, well, take me to the war. I want to stop the war. I want to save people. And she already had this sense of you know, urgency and, uh, you know, a, a quest to save people, save humanity from themselves, even before he died. But she didn't know about romantic love. And that really changes, I think, her her relationship to the world from the world as, like, in yeah. theory to the world in 
You need to and are we looking at that as a good or a bad thing? Because I see it as a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, I I was I was super mad well, when he did I think, it. Oh, I think that's I also mean, part of her. Um, I'm going to say humanization. True. Like, true. It's yes. part of her learning. Social right. interactions. You, you, you know, yeah. she loses that naivete that comes right. from right. growing up on an island away from everything else. I don't know if it's good or bad. I just thought it was like an interesting. It right. is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, opposite. Agreed. Examples. All right. I did not expect my t-shirt to be such a uh, source of inspiration. <laughs> Literally like it was clean. <laughs> Feature player so here happy. on the podcast. Uh, uh, so, okay, we're going to, I'm going to give you guys a few, and Wonder Woman, what a wonderful segue, yes. like working in a man's world, yes. right? It is tough being Wonder Woman in the Justice League, okay? She's there's out a there lot. taking care of business. There's like one other chick, at least in the core group, who has mm. wings. How can you compete with that? Like, mm. there's a lot going on. Um, so, in these male-dominated industries, there are some things that happen that uh, fall into the Believe Women portion of, of things we've talked about before, which is things that every woman says happens in the workplace, uh, whether it be comments on your clothes, uh, the way you look, and how that makes you feel as someone who's supposed to be representing a company, but you have people constantly commenting on you in a way they don't to, uh, or don't comment on other employees. So let's start there. Let's start with uh, dress codes. So I have worked kind of all over the place, um, from bartending to the corporate, corporate, corporate America. And the first bartending job I had, my boss said, yeah, you can't wear T-shirts. You need to essentially put your boobies on display. And I, I worked there for one more week and I quit. Um, and then I worked at a bar where I had a pretty wonderful female boss. And I got to tell you, I mean, cons- all things considered, and maybe it's because I, I'm kind of acerbic, and, uh, and I work during the day, but I didn't get a lot of commentary about it. And, and again, I'm fairly aggressive about this stuff. And if I felt mm-hmm. like for one second there was something that was starting to come my way, I was so like aggressively shutting it down mm-hmm. that people were like, oh, man, maybe, uh, maybe don't bother Noodle. And I kind of <laughs> spread that way. Um, so in, in that stage, it, it was never really a problem. When I got to corporate America, I always 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 dressed incredibly conservatively with the idea of avoiding that because i you know i work in it and corporate america is it it's a boy's world all the time and my main goal all the time like be taken seriously so i wore pants and i wore button-down shirts and i wore cardigans every day to to Mm -hmm. stave it off and full makeup hair I probably should have been wearing more makeup and hair. No, I I had low low messy buns and like minimum coverage because I was really trying to downplay mm-hmm. the fact that I was a female at all, right, right, as right. much as possible. Because you you don't you you know and you expect based on your life pre corporate you know yeah. America. You, you have that idea um, of like the you pinch know. secretary, right? You and you know you're you're being judged on it either way, and you try to make a decision going into a new job or a new town, uh, this is what I'm going to do because it's the right thing to do. Uh, whether it be dress a certain way, not put on too much makeup, only wear low shoes, not heels, so you're not clicking around the office, whatever it might be, whether it's an imposed dress code or not, it's a situation we are thinking of every day. This, this mm-hmm. dress code that surrounds everything we do. Uh, Jen? Oh, yeah. Actually, this is, I- as much as I was prepared for this c- this topic, 
Uh, a, a lot of things are kind of flooding back to me now. But when I, if I go back, um, so I was in college in the, the late 80s, and uh, a friend of mine who was a couple years older, when she graduated, I think, in 89. Her, uh, she was also in engineering, and um, her first job was at uh, a Ross Perot company. Like, he old, owned many, many companies. I had never heard of anything like this. First of all, she's like, I need to learn how to golf because that's the only way I'm going to be able to keep up with everybody and oh, stay yeah. in this conversation with everybody and and have the same exposure and interface with my clients as my male counterparts. Second of all, this company, not only did it have a dress code in the office, it had a morality clause. Oh. She could not wear ripped jeans out of work. And we're talking late, late 80s. Everybody was wearing ripped jeans with, you know, the pocket wash yeah, and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. That is the first time that it ever really struck me. So I graduated in the early 90s. My first couple of jobs were not corporate. But when I did get into corporate jobs, you know, early 90s in Boston, women had to wear suits. Right. Women had to wear pantyhose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to wear pantyhose. That makes and my legs itch just thinking about it. Because even in the summer, you'd be like, oh, I might be tanned enough without it. But women always had to wear, um, always had to wear, like, if not coordinates, at least, uh, you know, a matching jacket and either pants or skirt. Right. Uh, which was fine. Like, I think we were all kind of playing adult at that point <laughs> but the you're like oh, look <laughs> at me like, I, am, I, I am i'm working girl right? <laughs> like, like melanie griffith got nothing on me huh. but uh. the thing that really struck me was that you know after a few years of doing this the charm wears off <laughs> women still had to do this so you're paying tons for your wardrobe and for your dry cleaning and everything the men they got a little bit more relaxed they could wear not even just dress pants, but they could wear khakis. They didn't need to wear a suit jacket. And a tie was usually the same tie that they kept in their desk every day. Only for when an important person came in. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes. Current day, it's a little bit different. I work peripherally in the entertainment industry, um, but also I work with a lot of technology people, a lot of um, engineers. So y- we do have, every day is more kind of, Business casual, um, I mean... Business casual minus. Business casual minus. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, in especially in Los Angeles, so, I mean, like, going from, you know, East Coast 90s to, you know, West Coast 2018, um, I had business drinks the other night, and I wore a really cute sweater, like, you know, like, kind of, like, side, you know, sling one shoulder down, jeans and really cute shoes. I mean, that was... Right. Jen is always impeccably dressed. Jen that is, is always impeccably For the listening dressed. audience. She always looks so put together. I feel like a dressed, slob right? all the time. I'm always wearing a hoodie. Wow, And I always you. have my chucks um, on. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I do recognize that, you know, right now I'm in a slightly different and, and level. In general, the landscape right. has changed when you think mm-hmm. of uh, corporate America in general. I mean, the with the boom of tech industries and everything and and younger people you know 40 years ago all the people who were in charge were in their 50s and older today you've got people in charge in their 20s right Mm -hmm. out of college you've got these startups and they are kind of molding Mm -hmm. a different corporate america sure especially in in technology the 
the uh, Zuckerberg gray T-shirt yes. and hoodie right. mentality. Right. And, and, and Things will, are changing. Right. And it's like right now, uh, e- even the president of his, my company, who's early 60s, he now, because he picked up from the, the, the young guys that, you know, we interact with, he wears, you know, cute little kids, jeans, a polo, and a dress jacket. Every day, yeah, and they're probably very expensive, though. Oh yeah, his cute little oh. kids are probably right. Like oh, right, his T-shirt was yes. like seventy-five dollars. Yes. Right, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, still, it's still Burke Brothers. <laughs> totally right. It's still Ooh, because those those companies have yeah. totally yeah. the ones that are surviving, the ones that are still around, yeah. have navigated and mm-hmm. they know what they're oh, se- who they're selling to still. And right. and they also yeah. have started to, well, I don't know if they started, but they also make those clothes for women as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. They've really expanded their line. A nice unisex thing mm-hmm. that you're starting to see now. You're starting to mm-hmm. see companies release uh, professional lines of clothing where mm-hmm. it's the same material black t-shirt yeah. for mm-hmm. both sexes, yeah. which is wonderful. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I, I feel like clothes in general, I'm so tired of even thinking of the idea uh, of sexes kids. and genders when it comes to clothes. Ugh. I'm like, dude, just make fucking clothes, man. Well, Stop putting darts in blouses. No one wants that. So you don't <laughs> need to make a blouse just for women because we don't want that structured and blouse And give anyway. us pockets. Oh, my God. Pockets and <laughs> everything. Pockets and everything, please. Fuzz. I have oh, shit sure. to put like in a pocket, too. Yeah. Like I'm not carrying a purse everywhere I go. I would like to put my chapstick in my pocket. If we don't get through <laughs> oh my a full gosh. episode in which I don't shout pockets, yeah, pockets we're not doing it right. Pockets are so important. There was, there was an article recently about a mother who just started her own fashion line for her daughter because, you know, like little girls now wear, you know, tunic tops and leggings all yeah. day, all the time. And her daughter got so upset because she's like... I need pockets like my brother has mm-hmm. because I have stuff too. I have stuff, right? right. I got, I got I rocks. Got, I got candy. Right. Yep. I got very important right. things. I got, to I got carry scraps around. of paper. Like I found a lizard this morning. If uh, I don't have a place to right? put cheese doodle, I'm yeah. doing it wrong. I'm, I want <laughs> snacks yeah. for starters. I need snacks. Uh, but that is the pockets thing. Um, yes. Speaking of uh, '90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. corporate America. I, I wore dress pants every day. And those dress pants had fake pockets. Oh, that's they the did worst. not have real pockets. They had yeah. weird. They weren't quite boot cut, and they weren't quite bell bottoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no fucking pockets. Yeah. And I'm wearing a uh, button down, slightly stretchy, mm-hmm. which is unnecessary. I don't really need a stretchy blouse. Uh, you know, that's how they can charge more. Three quarter sleeve blouse with my gray pinstripe. I bet you dress pants. Yes. Thank you, but I had nowhere to put my crap. Yep. Big old sling bag. Uh, right, which is now yes. speaking of this kind right. of dress code, and I don't want to get too far into this. I do want to uh, <laughs> hit as many topics as we possible. We have other questions. <laughs> but um, uh, the idea of today, not so much, but we were all definitely all raised this way that when you have your period, you hide, you bring your purse to the bathroom mm-hmm. or you, or you put it, it in your sleeve. sleeve. But that's <gasps> the thing. So they don't give women fucking pockets on professional clothing, mm-hmm. but we're not allowed to pull a tampon out of our purse and just walk to the bathroom. No. So you have to tuck it in uh, your sleeve because they don't give you pockets in can- your dress clothes. Candy has oh, made a gesture in which she is holding the tampon above her head triumphant. <laughs> I am going to the bathroom. Yeah, That is, you know, the funny thing, I never really thought about that. I've always, yes, either slipped it into my uh, bra strap yep. mm-hmm. or if I had a back pocket, I would slip it in there. But it's like, oh my gosh, do not disturb the men around you because the, you the don't want fear, to make them uncomfortable. Right. The walk of shame of carrying the, the, the secreted tampon. Uh, so really, if you think about uh, when women 
uh, in droves entered the workplace, let's say 80s, but 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, you know, secretaries became a thing. World War, it, honestly, without World War II, women wouldn't have moved into the workplace, I don't think, as quickly as they did. Uh, yeah. Because we, they had to prove themselves as employees. And Their then coveralls definitely had pockets. They had fucking pockets, <laughs> right? Rosie had did. pockets, yeah. They certainly did. Um, but if you think about it, so let's, let's say, let's even go so far back as to say that the 50s, 60s, for fi- almost 50 years, mm-hmm. women in the workplace didn't have pockets. Go ahead, do what you got to do. Push, push, push to get in and work your way up. And mm-hmm. it's fucking exhausting. And you're wearing heels and you have sneakers in your bag and like walking from the train, like which is real. It's not just in TV. I mean, it's real. Mm-hmm. And also, though, we're not giving you pockets. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to have pockets. You're not allowed to put your stuff anywhere. You have to carry that purse and you have to carry those shoes and you have to do the extra stuff just to get to the office. Oh my God! Do you realize? Do you think that's where the word pocketbook came from? Like, I know that's not like a common Ooh. term. Yes, that's kind of like an old timey right? term. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's gotta be the pocketbook, right? Which the is pocketbook. crazy. I mean, my pocketbook always has a book in it. That's it true. <laughs> Yours does have a book in it. <laughs> it really does. Well, okay. So you said the thing about heels, and then it reminds me of the book. Do you remember when Comic Con we saw the women in film media uh, panel? Yes. And the only panel we saw. Yeah. Wow. It was good. Yes. Uh, I saw one that was not good. It wasn't like, very good. I was or yeah, in, that was not great. in languages uh, that I spoke by accident. Right. The right. the the moderator of that, I think Alicia Malone is the person. Pull your mic back up. There you go. Oh, sorry. No. Uh, Alicia Malone. I should double check that. But she wrote a book about keeping up in media as a woman, and she titled her book uh, after a quote from uh, Ginger Rogers. And it's called uh, Doing It Backwards in Heels. Because years ago, people asked Ginger Rogers, like, oh, my gosh, what's it like to dance with Fred Astaire? And she's like, I do the same thing as him, but I do it backwards and in heels. Which is everything. It's a great answer. It's like, yeah, that's how it is dancing with him. Mm -hmm. And that's how it is. In life. In general, <laughs> in society. I mean, that's exactly. pretty much how it is. But we have to make it look effortless but we also so that we don't make, make people uncomfortable because we need right. to be everybody to be comfortable. We need to make sure you're happy and uh-huh. you're happy. Uh-huh. Dulcet tones. Everybody, dulcet tones. Everyone be happy. Not upset. Not hysterical. I don't has ever described me as having dulcet tones, <laughs> even once. Even once. I mean, it's not a word that I also right. use very often. It's like graying tones, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> I do want to, uh, in regard to dress codes, and I think this kind of segues slightly, and, and maybe you guys have had uh, a thing with this, but one thing that had to do with, I guess, perception, like dress codes, uh, for me was my name. Uh, my name is Candy, which is Candace. My entire life, I have been Candy. Everyone who knows me knows mm-hmm. me as Candy. Um, there's a very interesting thing where that is kind of unacceptable in the workplace that is considered immediately just not as... Serious. Yeah. Not as professional right. a name. It's not as professional. Um, so I always went as Candy until I moved to California. And it was suggested to me that maybe I should use Candace on my resume, which I did. Which means I ended up in a job where everyone speaks, only addresses me as Candace, which has become extremely weird because my name is Candy. But that has allowed my name mm-hmm. to become fodder for certain people in my work environment, meaning Candy is a joke. And Candace is acceptable. And this has gone on for, I mean, that's been an issue in every aspect of my life in one way or another. Um, But speaking specifically to your career, uh, it's been very difficult and, like, way to lose yourself and, like, who you are because this isn't your name, but it is your name. 
Yeah. It's weird. It's very weird. No, I totally understand that. Yeah. The only place in my life that I am not Noodle is at work. <gasps> because yeah. Noodle right. is not a good work name. Right. And now of, and I'm, I'm yeah. kind of trying to break away from that a little yeah. bit. Because the truth yeah. is that that was, you know, I was only 10 years ago. I wouldn't say I was like a super young in, but I was 25 mm-hmm. and... You know, still and new in the career enough, yeah, right. you know, sure. world and the professional world where you take advice from people who seem to have more experience than you do. And that was advice that was given to me specifically because I am a woman. Yeah. No, I mean, there are men who like their, their, their parents may say you should go as Joseph when you're, you know, you're out of college. But nobody's, for the most part, nobody's no. saying to Robert, don't go as Bobby. Don't go as Bobby. No. You could right. be Bobby. Joey, Bobby, long. Nikki. Yeah, those these are all Sully. Because that yes. makes them relatable. Mm-hmm. Dick. It's all acceptable. Hey guys, don't go by Dick. Yeah, don't go by Dick. Nobody likes. I've it. got a funny Dick name. I I won't say. <laughs> Thanks for not saying. I got a funny Dick story. Yeah. I was oh, all for a story to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all no. have a funny Dick story. We all have a funny. D- <laughs> we do all have a funny Dick story. I mean, if you're doing it right, you do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh, that's good stuff. Um, maybe that's yeah, a and I don't episode. know. Uh, as a as a Jennifer, have you gotten like Jenny? I mean, did you ever go by Jenny? Um, no, not okay. not intentionally. Although I do use that for my creative stuff because Jenny this, be creative. This is Jenny be creative, guys. There you go. So that just works. Um, yeah, because Jen be creative is like not as doesn't roll off it, the tongue. It sounds yeah. like bad English. <laughs> Jen, it does sound. Jen be creative. Oh, it sounds like a command yeah. now. Ooh. That's very forceful. That's a whole different. No, you I know mean, what? That's a new business. <laughs> Ah, too were much you, pressure. Were you allow people to come in and shout at you? No, were you? Were you a dominatrix? <laughs> is that, am I the only person who went there who was like, "Yes, that is forceful." I see a business card and everything I know, already. I, I, like I see it as somebody shouting at her, like, right? Like you're paying other people for their stress relief so they can come in and yell at you, and you're like, "This is fine." I immediately saw Jen shouting in <laughs> BDSM clothes. That's that's. Oh. I, I immediately saw Jen in some pleather yelling at people. <laughs> Thank you. you know that that's where my Saturday my nights get a little wild around here. A little uh-huh. crazy, a little mm-hmm. saucy. I like it. No, I'm, it's funny. Certain people in my life have called me Jenny for no particular reason other than they just did. Like my stepdad calls me Jenny. My friend Rich from college still calls me Jenny, which is fine. I actually take it as a term of endearment. I don't, I don't take it as a, um, you know, like labeling me with a girly name or I don't feel like it's a way of you know holding me back or putting me down or anything like that it's just I find it very charming uh, all my life I've been Jen and mm-hmm. the funny thing is you know when I got married I didn't change my last name but I did hyphenate it on paper like on mm-hmm. everything I could put without legally changing it and even though my signature is you know Jennifer Lane Burnell I still have people that, that have known me for 25 years, like, oh, Jen Lane. Right. And that's. You maintain that. And I it rolls. That. Yeah. It rolls, yeah. and that's fine. So, again, I don't take offense because I don't feel like it, for them it's, it's habit and it's who they know me as. It's not like they're trying to, you know, take away You're not being my name. Right, so, right. no, I mean, I fortunately have a, <laughs> actually, you know, for I think all of the 60s and part of the 70s, Jennifer was the most popular name. So, Eh, not a lot you can do to it. Yeah. Lucky fuckers. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely, I, of course, uh, your dress code wise today, I still kind of, you know, I, I get the, oh, are you sick? Because you have no makeup on. You look tired. 
oh you know, gosh. I get that all the time. I get, you know, co- certain comments on certain things. And you know, at this point, unfortunately, I don't even notice it anymore. Mm-hmm. I, it happens and I, it's an afterthought where I go, oh, yeah, that's a thing that happened half an hour ago, but I'm busy and I'm used to it every second of every day. So I don't mm-hmm. really take note. Um, but the name thing is definitely, yeah. I mean, I get, I have gotten an, and I do get, oh, candy. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me right now? I am running your fucking company, candy, and and that feels like like they're mocking you. It, oh my god, it's so mocking. It is so mocking. Yes. And and then that's frequent. I mean, that has been frequent, mm-hmm. you know, my whole professional life, actually, which is stupid. Yeah. So the thing about um, I don't I don't go into the I don't go into my office wearing makeup because I'm the first one there. Nobody else shows up before nine. Which is fine, right. except for right. another female coworker. Fine, the 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 male employees want to avoid traffic. Okay, so they show up at ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Yeah. yeah, and then they have a lunch meeting, mm-hmm. or they go to lunch together, mm-hmm. and then they don't want to be traffic, so they leave at four. Right. So, I was I would you know get up, do my morning routine, work out, take care of the pets, bust my butt to look presentable, get there sit in traffic and, and get there on time. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. So now I have more time in the morning because I'm not doing my makeup. I keep a second makeup bag in my desk because somewhere between 9 and 10, I need to not look like people like, are you feeling okay? Did you sleep? Are you look tired. You look run down. This is a human being without makeup. I have to, I have to purchase the makeup and I have to add a half hour to my day so I don't make you uncomfortable making you think that I right. look tired. So I give you the impression that I need to give, which is look mm-hmm. how put together and on top of things I am. Right. I look flawless. Everything right. is in place. I mean, I'm, I'm in control. As gorgeous as I can possibly be. And I got here before you and I'm doing all the things and I'm going to leave I'll after leave you do. After you. So yep. that is a perfect segue. I turn on the lights in the morning and I shut oh, them off at night. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, perfect segue into the uh, male, female uh, differing workload in, in most offices. And I'd like uh, everyone to kind of what has your experience been? You don't necessarily need to speak to right now because we all have been in this, mm-hmm. you know, we know where we are today. But how have you noticed that throughout your professional life? I, and I'm going to step away while you guys discuss for a moment. I think the biggest thing that I have seen in my particular industry is that the males are the sales reps and the females do the operational admin work. Mm-hmm. So the women work eight to five. They are in the office all day, every day, doing the work that keeps the lights mm-hmm. on, shuffling the papers, filling out the things, right? dealing with the crap uh, all day, every day. And the sales reps flit in and out, and they take clients mm-hmm. out to lunch, and they take clients out to drinks, and they mm-hmm. hang out. Uh, they entertain. They yeah, they entertain. Uh, and are not in the office and are not, and, and frankly, aren't it, because of the way their job is, they're not expected to be in the office. Whereas, mm-hmm. uh, should it go the other way, it's, it's probably a problem. Um, I will say the company that I work for now is not like that, and everybody, everybody's real good about being super present and super engaged and pulling their weight. Right. But um, I, th- I think that's, that's a culture mm-hmm. change rather than, than what, um, what I've experienced other places. Right, but mm-hmm. I, I will say that predominantly all of the admin operational roles are filled by women, and as a result, keep the lights on and and f- mm-hmm. 
complete the tasks that need to be done in order for the deal to close. Because it's mm-hmm. not just shaking somebody's hand and saying, yes, it's all of the paperwork and it's all of the background mm-hmm. and it's all of the steps and development and so on and so forth. And all that work is done by women and it's, all of the yeah. admins and all of the support staff and mm-hmm. all of the uh, assistants are all strong, fabulous, capable, smart women who who are stuck carrying the, mm-hmm. the brunt of the work. Right. So that... For yes. men that, that don't know how to book their flights. Oh. <laughs> yes, uh, that that is a very frustrating position to be in. We're we're a very small office. Um, and we're all like I'm the least senior person and I have a VP title. So that's just going to show well you. A well-deserved Thank VP you. title. A recent <laughs> well-deserved recent. VP title. Thank you, thank you. I but I'm, I'm not saying that to say that um, to, you know, you know, we are tooting for you. Toot it so much. Toot, toot, toot. When, when it, it comes down to it, it's like, yeah, we have a sales guy, and he does the talk, 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 and then he says, okay, invoice this person. But he doesn't send it to the same person all the time, and he doesn't send the same information all the time, so it's very frustrating. There's no way to, you know, log and track and invoice and bill and receive all of this stuff got a senior VP who was, you know, mailing out newsletters and he didn't know how to get postage. The uh, the bunny ears is important. The uh, quote on get postage, get postage was pretty great. Yeah. He's like, I got to send out this stuff. What how, does this, how does this stuff get out of my hand and into the box? I'm like, okay. <sighs> Yeah. So wait, the important question is, do you do it for him or do you tell him how to do it? I tell him how to do it or Good I say, for you. you know what? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Ear- I'm gonna, earlier in your career, would you have taken it from him and done it for him? Right. And at this stage with your fabulous VP title, are you just no longer I'm interested n- in uh, enabling? Exactly. <gasps> because I've enabled enough and I've supported and I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a giver, I'm a people pleaser. I try to help wherever I possibly can and I'm fully capable of doing that as well as completing my own work. But I've just I'm kind of over it. Well that and that's that's part of yeah. it. I I don't we're not gonna go back and like totally deconstruct women in society but that is part of it whereas you mm-hmm. you are doing your own workload mm-hmm. or you have in the past and mm-hmm. then you are additionally doing whatever other people need now part of that's because you want to help and part of it's because you have explained something to someone multiple times and they don't do it correctly which means you end up doing it because the truth is it's faster mm-hmm. for you to just do it than to explain to someone how to do it for the fifth time right um there seems to be an e- efficiency imbalance um, where it seems in the f- four offices I've worked in mm-hmm. um, that the women are expected to be hyper productive and the men are expected to complete the bare minimum at any mm-hmm. level and get rewarded for and it. get rewarded for it at any level. And, you know, all companies to some all companies have a hierarchy. And of course, mm-hmm. the person who has let's just say, busted their ass to own this company and make it a thing, has people underneath them, which have yep. a- handle the majority of the workload. And that, you know, I get that. I can understand that dynamic yeah. in general. But it has been um, completely female-male balanced in every, pretty much mm-hmm. every work environment I've had, from working in a car dealership to when I was 16 years right. old, working at Schlotsky's Deli, to finance companies to now... 
I have never seen that go differently mm. in any environment. I mean, I, I have worked for very small uh, female-owned businesses, and they were great. They were great. It was just wonderful, supportive, small. Unfortunately, short-lived for a variable, like for a bunch of different reasons. But it was it was really... Um, it, it was very, it, it made a big impression on me. And it, and it l- gave me, you know, the, the, the confidence. And, you know, it's like the whole, the, the whole idea, if you can see it, you can be it. I'm like, Ooh, okay. Nice. Yeah, no, that's true. Because so if I see a female right. uh, owned business, I'm like, well, I'm a female. I can do that. I can do I can this. Own a business. Right. right. And it's like, and it's, okay, so you were saying, you know, this person, you know, raises up in the ranks and they become, they own their own business and they've got the support staff. And it's like, it's fine. Like we all need somebody in our lives to help us be better people and achieve our goals. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you're when it is, when you step back and you see that it's, and you can't just say it's skill sets. No. Right. No, it's not. It's like, you can't it's even not. say that. It's, it's very, it is very frustrating. And because we are a small staff, when we do do certain things, even if it's not my event, even if somebody else is, you know, one of the my male counterparts is um, hosting a meeting or something, they'll they'll come by to my office and be like, "Hey, Jen, we need um, we need lunch." You we know, need lunch. We need, so we lunch. need someone to take an order. I yeah. literally have to order lunch for an offsite it's meeting. Taking notes, even though it's mm-hmm. not. It's always taking notes. Uh-huh. Well, this is that actually what you recently said led me to an, an interesting question that is more posed toward both of you uh, than it would be me. But do you see uh, not having a mentor in the workplace? I mean, that's so mm. much of the workplace for a very long time has been it's been handshakes uh, and and you know, people who do own companies or are in very high uh, supervisory positions in large corporations taking younger staff under their wing and molding them for their their position mm-hmm. or a position in management uh, because there have not been as many females that we've worked under. Do you feel that that's part of why it's harder for women to move forward because men are going to take other men under their wing and they're not going to take a, an equally qualified woman under their wing if they have mm. the choice? So I, I really lucked out early yeah. in my corporate career and I had a very wonderful female mentor um, who was the head of my department. She was the highest ranked female in the company and she really, really spent a lot of time grooming me and promoting me and believing in me. Um, and even though neither of us work for that company anymore, we're, we still stay in touch and I call her for advice. Um, but absolutely, yes, I think that I had a rare experience. There was a brief movement for a little while of where men in positions of power were going, oh, crap, we need to start taking in the women. Yeah. And it was very public and it was very much a like me for her situation. He for she, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Uh, but I don't think that is ongoing as much as we would like it to. I think it's fallen out of favor in light of the the other things that are happening right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the lack of mentorship has driven women to be more likely to just do everything in the hopes that that will get them noticed. The recognition, mm-hmm. right. Yep. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm able to do my job and three others, somebody somewhere is going to pay attention to it and promote me. Right. And that doesn't always happen. No, especially since that seems to be what's expected. They yeah. expect you to do your job and everybody else's and yeah. pick up the slack. That yeah. doesn't make you stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like in, in my role, because I do a lot of events and um, 
Yeah, just a, a lot of events. It's one of those things that it's like, I know I'm only going to get two hours sleep this night, even though other people should be helping me. But at the end of the day, tomorrow, for things to go smoothly, I have to go over everybody's work in my own, like three, four times, run it through over and over and over again to make sure that it goes seamless so that we as a company, we as an organization, look good. Right. I'm not right. the face on the stage. I'm a I'm a really good, comfortable behind the stage, you know, behind the or off stage person. But it's like I know that I'm the one that has to do this and it it it's a character, I'm not gonna say flaw, but it's 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 part of me. It's part anyhow. of all of us. I right. think I think to an extent it's part of uh, uh, uh it seems to be that the old, you know, the old adage of behind every good man, there's a good woman. The truth mm-hmm. is behind every successful company is a woman pulling all the strings. It's mm-hmm. a boatload of, it's of a, support staff. It's, it's support staff, in, right. Yeah. It's support staff in general. And it, it has that feeling of uh, the balance at home uh, has definitely become the balance in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Women do tend to do all of these things. Uh, I think some of that also, that idea of uh, I have to check it three and four and make sure it's right, make sure it's right. I think that we women in general have an instilled sense of if I make a mistake, I am expendable and will be fired. Mm. Whereas That's opposed under there, to yeah. the male of, you know, it's okay, I'll learn and grow. I have right. to hold on to yeah, this harder right. than someone else yeah, does. Yeah, you desperately cling and and the mentality that you are replaceable. Mm-hmm. Because, well, you're because just admin staff. And there's so. another woman right yeah, behind you right clamoring behind. for this job. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. And some of that, I think, is the lack of mentorship. Because you can't, Absolutely. it's hard to feel secure in what your performance is if you don't have a female to look up to, knowing that she probably also made mistakes, but was right. able to grow in her career. But was able to make yeah. it to the top mm-hmm. of the of the pile. Yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely representation in this instance is severely lacking. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really <laughs> Actually, yeah. You know what? Everything fucking. Sucks. But I just I do yeah. want to mention that that I that the experience of having a female mentor. Mm-hmm absolutely gave me the confidence to learn in right. my mm-hmm. job. Uh, and when she left the company significantly before I did, she said, you should put Vanessa in charge of this. Right. Uh, because it was work. And so, of course, she put, said Vanessa as opposed to Noodle. Right. Um, which I remember, like, welling up with tears when she told me that she had told the company that. Hmm. I remember, like, just being staggered by it. She's like, She said to me, I have good news and bad news. I was like, okay. So th- the bad news is I'm leaving. And I was like, what? And she said, the good news is I think they, they should promote you to replace me. And I was like, mm. which uh, there's yeah. no man on the planet who would cry with that No, because they, they would be they like, yeah. yes, when are you right. leaving? Obviously. When can I move in? Right. When, how can I steal your job? Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, and, and that confidence boost mm-hmm. six years ago has really carried me forward in my mm-hmm. career. Right, which is what I was going to use the word confidence. You don't mm-hmm. have that example. Mm-hmm. Um, and assertiveness. We... I'm not saying we don't know what we're doing, but there is everyone, if you haven't heard this, you know, climb out from under the rock you live under, uh, that, you know, women are, if they're assertive and and confident, they're a bitch. And if they're, Mm -hmm. if they're not, then they're, they're weak and you can walk all Mm -hmm. over them. There's no, the idea of, especially a young person coming into corporate, the corporate world, doesn't know how far to go on the scale of 
what is being confident and what is being an egotistical prick mm-hmm. because as women we are constantly told to buffer that and mm-hmm. hold that back so we almost mm-hmm. don't know how far we can go and if there were more women in those roles right. we would have an example whereas men are constantly given the example yep. I'm not saying that that's healthy either the way that they're you know if a man is not an, a- an asshole wearing a mm-hmm. fucking $5,000 suit then he's a failure right. I, I get that it does go both ways in, in that sense but uh not having not having someone to look at you and say yes I did that like like you're saying mm-hmm. or, yes this is how it works right. or, we all go through that because your male boss saying we all go through that irrelevant mm-hmm. yeah we don't all go through that it, and it's not yeah. we it's not we it's just it's not we it's not even it's close not the same. yeah 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 and it's it's interesting because um I recently uh we used to be uh, in our office, uh, three men and three women. And uh, my f- female uh, superior, she just retired after 24 years, which is fantastic. And I have learned a lot from her. She is wonderful, and she was brilliant at what she did. But she was not a confident person, and she did not... Uh, she would speak up, but she would quickly be shut down. And that was really hard to watch. Despite the fact that she was the most senior woman on, at the company. Uh, most senior employee wow. at that point. So not just most senior. Like, she outranked right. the people who exactly. were Exactly. She'd been through all of the changes, seen all of the evolutions of our our office. Because, you know, in home entertainment, it's, it's changed a lot, you know, from, you know, studio driven to physical to digital and so forth and now we deal more with tech people than you know studio people so she's been through it all and she was just amazing impeccable at what she did but yet still never taken seriously and you know I'm 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 thrilled to be now stepping up and taking over a lot of what she's done um I am also in a unique situation where I've known my boss for the last 25 years and we've been friends and he's actually been a really strong supporter of me personally and professionally. So maybe some of the, the, the hurdles I haven't encountered, but yet at the end of the day, when he's not in the office, it's the same old stuff. You know, I'm the one ordering lunch for people. I'm the one who's making sure, oh, we're going to have a, a, a meeting. Make sure that there's, you know, coffee pods and waters available. I was in a conference room the other day with them. Right on my back of the door. Three men. Put your mic up. Three men, sorry. Sitting on the table, kind of around and across, facing the door. And uh, apparently somebody walked in the office and like, hi, I have a delivery. And they all looked and they said, Okay. Nobody said anything other than okay. I get up. I mean, it was flowers, and it was for me. That was fine. But it was like, dudes, you're staring at Sign this person. Somebody stand. Okay? Somebody stand up. And I was like, I'm the only female in the room, so apparently I have to sign for the package. But it's like, it's just I don't know if it's men are used to their mothers taking care of them. They're used to these things just being handled by others they are used to the to things being handled there are it's um, just it's just still mind-blowing everything that you see in the world 
is exists exactly in the same uh, percentage in the bubble of your workplace. It's mm-hmm. the same. It's the same thing. It's just a tinier world, but the relationships and and who does what and how mm-hmm. things and are handled is the same. The the ratio yes is different, so it feels more pronounced. It's more obvious. Yes. It's in yeah. your face. Yes, yeah. and and also the stakes are bigger. Yes, in that there's money on the line as opposed to like whether or not your right. house is messy. And right, can right. I, can I ask? Um, did did either of you stay home from work the day a uh, uh, day without a woman? Oh, absolutely. Okay, a hundred percent. I I full strike. Absolutely I, not. I stayed off any internet. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch TV. I didn't spend any money. I mm-hmm. I did not consume mm-hmm. anything. I re- or, yeah, I remember you staying out away. Anything. Yeah. And I, I again, I, I have a female boss right now, mm-hmm. and I told her I'm doing these things, and. And she was very supportive, but she went to work. It, it, yeah. It, she was like, right. Oh. Right. I, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I 100%, like, I basically sat in the dark. I mean, okay. I didn't sit in the dark. Like, right. But there was you sunlight coming through, but in a, I. In a modern. Yeah. 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 yeah I, 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 was, um, I was on full blackout. I didn't. You weren't contributing yeah. to the economy in I any wasn't way. Contributing or consuming. Or supporting. Yep. So yes. I, uh, I could not do mm-hmm. that because I work in the. Uh, accounting and tax industry and that was in march so yeah, that was right. not seasonally uh, possible right. for me um <laughs> and not a conversation i honestly that i was going to have with my boss right. uh, you you may have noticed that i have talked very little about my actual situation right. uh, i will say that uh, i work in a very small office it's a five person office it is a you know mom and pop style uh accounting firm so there is a, a very different dichotomy. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you say mom and pop, but it, it's pop. Oh, it's pop. It's super pop. Yeah. Mom gets mm-hmm. a check, but it's pop. Yeah, mom gets that's a nice so car and a check, but it's pop. Um, yeah. it, and it's, it, it is very different. It's That's why I, I made that comment about women and mentors and, and you guys, because mm-hmm. I know you've both worked with women at that level. That does not yeah. exist in my, in my universe. I have never worked for a woman, which is monumentally upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can think of a million ways that not necessarily working for a woman would be better when I look back at my professional history, but how grossly different certain things would have been uh, and certain situations that I've been in would have gone differently. Um, and not, not again, not for the better necessarily, but different, very, very different. Um, in my current situation, there is no, like, like Women's Day, I'm not having mm-hmm. that conversation with, Mm-hmm. my super rich white guy right. boss who treats me like his daughter. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have that conversation because I'm not going to argue with you like your super liberal daughter at home, which I know about, yeah. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be that person. So in my instance, right. like I just, look, could I have missed March 8th and like the company would have survived right. most likely. Um, but it, it's it's a, it's very akin to the I'm gonna do this because it's it's easier for me to do it than to teach you how to do it again. Oh my gosh! Yeah. It's easier for me to swallow this and not talk about it and just get through my day than it is to have to have that conversation with you. And so, I, based on that, I I am assuming you did not write on the calendar this year that April 10th is a equal payday either. <laughs> gosh, that no, is. But I, I mean, that is such a distressing concept. The no, yeah. equal payday. Um, fell this year on April 10th, it essentially means that everything that your male counterparts made in all of 2017, you had to work till April 10th, 2018 to be 
paid the same. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just white women. That's, that's just, white just white women. women right? Yes. Right. Yes. That is not African American. That is not Latino. Mm-hmm. That is Latina. It gets worse. Yeah. Yes. African American women or women of color. It is August. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, Latina women, Hispanic women. It's November. It's shocking. That's oh, that's you know, thirteen. Uh, thir- uh, sorry, eleven extra months. <laughs> when, Twenty-three when months. We talk about the pay gap. Yeah. The most common pay gap that is talked about is white women because yeah. it's just it's, it's the just largest. A, right. It's the quickest, easiest statistic. But, but yeah. the rest of mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the rest of womankind suffer more. Even more yeah. so. Yeah. And then throw children in, throw uh, elderly parents in. Mm-hmm. All these factors just make it worse. And it, and it's like. In a way, it's like, yes, we can bitch about it. You know, as three white women, we can, we should talk about it and we should be talking about it for everybody to, it's like, yes, if we can draw attention to what we're going through, there will be, you know, if attention a, is a bigger on effect on everybody. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's sad. Um, sorry. And, and that's, you know, I actually work. Uh, I know this is on. You're not sorry. They should. They, be. they, they should, should be. be. I know. I looked over. I, I kind of. I kind of like slunk to the side a little a bit because I don't want. Right. I, I don't I, want Noodle to kick me in the I, butt. I am. I am making a movement to to decrease our sorries. And one of them, interestingly, that I do at work is I write emails that say sorry, blah blah, and then I take out the sorry and I replace it with thank you for your patience. Yeah, Absolutely. that's yeah. very good. Because people really Practice, like being yeah. thanked. Mm-hmm. They do. And uh, I'm not sorry. Everybody, yeah. anybody in charge, anybody who expects to get respect from you just because yeah. they might kind of sort of be higher mm-hmm. than you mm-hmm. in, in the on the ladder, mm-hmm. like to like yeah. to hear that. Absolutely. And, and frankly, thank you is mm-hmm. an equality situation mm-hmm. right. where I am acknowledging that you were giving something to Please, me. Please, thank you. Yes. You're welcome yeah. is equal. Yeah. And yeah. you're not apologizing for being busy no. because you have right. I'm, stuff I'm going on. Busy, Ooh, right. I'm busy making you money. Yes. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. That is a beautiful substitute. Yeah. I only recently heard about mm-hmm. that. And I mean, legitimately, there are times that I'm like, oh, I do apologize oh, for my yeah. d- response. Absolutely. And sure. Yeah. That is, and that if is I legit. I make a mistake. I am, I am sorry. Yes. I am sorry. And, yeah. and based on you know, your relationship with that yeah. particular client or in that particular situation, mm-hmm. you I mean, do what is, what is sometimes best. Sometimes you send an email that just says, whoops. That, yeah. oh my goodness, I cannot believe this happened. Yeah. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I have occasionally sent a, my bad. My, look, right. dude, I am so sorry. I've done, I've, I've done a dude or two yeah. to people that I'm sure. clients that I'm close yeah. with. Comfortable, right. I mean, yeah. Right. Context is king. It, it, right. Yes, it really, really is. And that the biggest thing that I really uh, aggressively stopped saying sorry for was Asking somebody for the same information for the third or fourth time. They should be sorry. I used to be like, hey, sorry to bother you again. <laughs> right, again. Yeah. I mean, which is actually, so where, where are we at? Where are we at? We are. We're, we're good. We're good. We've got okay. a little bit of time left. So uh, that's actually a nice segue, though, because uh, one of the things I briefly want to touch on is uh, we're talking about the uh, female-heavy workload in pretty much any office setting. Um my my next part, the next part of that is uh, your emotional labor from home, and how it does seem to me that every woman I know is fucking exhausted, mentally, <laughs> kind of drained, and it's it's a matter of uh, you've seen a lot of things out there probably in the past couple of years about emotional labor. Every every 
relationship I knew as a younger person, you know, women were always in charge of everything at home. They were in charge of every calendar, every everything that has to do with running a house, and then being in the workforce, especially today when you have to be. No household is living on one income. Unless you are part of the 1%, you're just not. Uh, everyone has to have a job. Both parents need to work, and both parents, you know, might need to work two jobs. So you have the same amount of labor at home, emotional labor, the the things that are your friggin' responsibility and your weight to bear, and then you're going to work, and you're working full-time, and in that setting, it is just naturally somehow falling into place that you there are the person who is in charge of bearing the majority of the weight and the responsibility. Uh, are you seeing this, and, and the women you know as well? I, I think the equivalent of the home workload to the work workload is the taking notes in the meeting um, because that puts you in the responsibility of organizing next steps, you have mm-hmm. to remember setting the, the next meeting, yeah. sending out the communication, mm-hmm. and managing the fact that those next steps happen. I think that's probably the best equivalency mm-hmm. of, of what home life is like. Um, again, I will say that uh, I, I am I am pretty lucky in the fact that I have female bosses who no longer, the fact that I have a female boss now, she does not say to me, Vanessa, you take notes. Uh, I have certainly had that experience in the past in, in rooms in which I am the only woman there. Um, But we're, we're pretty evenly divided at work, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate. And my husband has put a lot of serious effort into balancing that emotional load. It's not perfect. It's certainly not 50-50. But it's it's a lot better than it could be, I will say. Um, The first two months that we lived together, we had a state of the relationship address in which I said, yeah, I'm not going to live like this. We need to, we need to balance this shit out. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, no, I, I mean, let's be honest. I called it the state of the relationship sure, address right, right. And, and he thought we were just at dinner. Um, <laughs> but, but he only heard dinner. Right, he, he was like, oh, food? Sure, right, let's yeah. dinner, yeah, let's, let's eat. Yeah, no, no, he, he thought we were having a nice dinner out and I thought we were having a discussion. Um, <laughs> but I will say that having had that conversation and, uh, talking about that that balance it certainly pushed the needle pretty, mm-hmm. pretty significantly and um it it could be much worse uh I'd, like i said it's not perfect but i i think that based on the amount of work experiences that i've had up to that point I was not interested in lugging that around back and forth right. full time because mm-hmm. I was like, look, I can only kill myself in one place and, and <laughs> you're not paying me, frankly. Right. So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, the, the conversation needs to be had comparing the two for sure and mm-hmm. explaining what that looks like. Um, but it has it, carried back and forth. Yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. And, and there are times where I'm not doing anything and he's doing everything. Absolutely. That totally happens. Uh, which and should, hopefully yeah. you have that kind of relationship. Where Absolutely. You, can you support each other. Right. He's up. I think, I right. think, you know, he supports you, you support him. You tend to feel more resentful because it never balances in the other direction. It does mm-hmm. not. Exactly. Whereas hopefully at yep. home it balances. Mm-hmm. In the other direction sometimes. Yeah, at work it does tend to seem to be you are constantly yeah. working yeah. way up here, vibrating as as, as at higher at mm-hmm. higher frequency as possible to get as much done as possible, and it never yeah. dips. It's, yeah. it's infrequent yeah. that your boss 
will say to you, oh, it seems like you're you're overburdened. Let me help you out with that. Let me let me yeah. handle this. Together. Oh, good yeah. God, never. Yeah. Right. Like we might get, I might get. And again, this is a person who I've known, you know, half my life and is a good friend. But still, like, you know, I'm I'm working on late on a Friday night. We have an event starts on Monday. I'm going to work all through the weekend. Five of five. He's like, okay, so anything you need from me before I go? P.S. When I have to leave early, I figure that out super in advance. And then like four hours before I'm going to walk out the door, yeah. I text everybody or chat everybody and say, yeah. anything that needs to be done today, just so you know, I'm leaving at 3.30. Right. Well, I mean, like, he he thinks just by the the sheer act of offering. The lip service. Does not help thank it's, you it's, it's, right it's, yeah. it's wanting praise for yeah asking, hey i asked if pretending that i would take you, on some you could have yeah. you could have yeah. told me you could have asked yeah. you could you know i was too busy taking care of things to ask well that and as if asking doesn't make don't doesn't make them feel like you can't oh. handle your workload because you had to ask someone to help so asking you still puts the onus on you right. to delegate right being in charge of that exactly administering I'm still that situation managing. yeah my favorite thing is we did one year. Somebody was leaving at three, and they're like, hey, do you need help with anything? And two of the women said no. And I said, you know what? Actually, yeah, come over here. We need uh, stuffing badges. He's like, oh, 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 okay. Sit your butt down. Like, you know what? It's- you asked. I had it. And I was like, I'm tired of saying, right. no, we got it. Oh, my gosh. Which really is. It's paper is, cut time, guys. And sit it's down. the yes. whole. But it's oh, the, yeah. Sit down and do the, the manual right. stuff like we do. It's um, the home equivalent of, can I, honey, can I help you with anything? Well, where do no, I start? Because you don't know where this goes and you're not going to put everything away properly. <laughs> and you know you don't know. And you know by asking, can I help you, that you don't actually want to help me. Right. You want me to thank you and internally be so grateful that I have somebody in my life that will ask. Whereas yeah. instead right. you could check the dishwasher. You could check, just get up and fucking put the forks check away. Check the dryer. Right. Yeah. Right. Pick up your socks. And I, think, and I think for me, it's like, okay, yes, I also am very fortunate in that I have a, a partner who like takes care of things that I don't. He'll initiate laundry. He initiates changing the sheets like he does yeah, these the things worst. i don't so know what exhausting. it is it's a thing it's a it's big like, bed i don't know like, it's thing. so i have the things that i like and he has the things that he either likes or needs to do which is great but for me it's the mental management of our time and it's like he knew we had tickets before right. today right so but i had to step it back i'm like okay we got to be here at this time i know it takes us long to get there i know we have to park da, da, da. so i'm like okay at you know, at two or whatever it was like three twenty-five, we should be out the door. Mm-hmm. But then I had to like take care of other things, and I'm like running in the shower. So it's things like that. It's like just it's like that with every family event. And I think yes, again because I've taken it upon myself to hey, uh, you know, we've got to show up on time. We've got to bring something. So either I get up early and make that or, or wrap that or Jen we stop on the way to Everything the Everything she makes tastes like heaven. And well, this is like nice. the best therapy uh-huh. I've ever had. Oh, I just, my God. Right? Who wouldn't want to be Thank a guest on our show? We shower you with compliments. Right? Oh, my gosh. Everyone is beautiful inside and out. Um, and I didn't make anything today. But um, I was but gonna, chips. I was going to make cupcakes <laughs> I this brought morning chips. and said I had a, a mental breakdown. So oh. You also brought... Brought chips, but there's you frosting. brought chips. 
Dude, we're gonna stick I the chips in the frosting. There's chocolate frosting. I ate an apple <gasps> earlier. Why was it? I am so frosted? sorry. I didn't even think about it until just now. You know, it's really good with sweet is salt. So we we'll just dip these chips <gasps> hey guys, in the chocolate we're, frosting. We're, yes. We're done with the podcast. Oh. We're just gonna be eating. We're okay, just sorry, uh, guys. Just listen to us munch right now. Some chips. Uh, I, you know, truthfully, I have like a million other things to say. Uh, there's, we're at one eighteen. So I'm gonna ask one more question, um, and let's let's each take. Just take about three minutes to answer um, before before wrapping up here, and we're gonna we're probably gonna do this again. I think at some point we are going to. Um, well, we're definitely gonna have Jen on again, uh, but I do think that I'd like to expand this, maybe to uh, uh, you know expand it outside of workplace to uh, schoolwork and and just you know mm-hmm. o- other areas where that imbalance is extremely obvious uh, and very much chosen to be overlooked mm-hmm. by the majority of of the country. Uh, yeah. Um, very, very quickly, and and kind of gen specific. Do you feel like, uh, as as a girl, that expectations from parents having mm. a brother, having you know, were do you did you see notice that difference as a young person, and as you got older, you know, how did you how did you handle that and experience that like college and work life and mm-hmm. what you were choosing? Was there a difference? You know. Oh, again, I'm I'm fortunate. Not from my parents. My parents were a little hippy dippy. I mean, I was one of those. Which is so funny. Which is funny. Knowing your parents now. Oh my gosh. Well, so my mom and my stepdad are three years apart, and she falls into the you know late fifties, early sixties mentality, and he's you know, which is you know very conservative, um, you know, baby boomer mentality in my stepdad again only three years later he was more of the 60s flower child you know uh drugs for you know mental expansion and you know uh, experimental purposes that type of flower behind his ear so seriously like right now i need daisies (laughs) immediately so it's i mean they were very uh they were very unique in their uh upbringing and discipline and so forth. Uh, if I did something wrong, I didn't get punished. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get grounded. I would have to write. Uh, Pull on your cord. Oh, sorry. Pull it out. Oh, oh there, there it is. Go. Oh. oh. If I got in trouble for something, I would have to write a uh, three paragraph essay that was not only graded for content, but grammatical and, uh, structure. That's awesome. That is a great punishment. Because it it helped me become a very, uh, a a pretty decent writer, but it allowed me to- interrupt your pretty decent to, we're going to go back to the original very good that you almost said. Yeah. Because this is a a feel good thing. I'm a better writer than I was then, I believe, but it allowed me to reflect on the things that I had done. And straight up and down. Sorry. Oh my God. No, uh, it was until just now. Okay. We're having some. Wait, sorry, ap- apologize. Technical difficulties. Nah, I'm not gonna get this butt out. You, you know why? Because we're adorable. I haven't edited one thing out. <laughs> I've already written it down. I already made a note. So that said, my 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 family, d- other than maybe. Um, I don't know, curfews or something like that did not treat my brother and I any differently. We were both encouraged to play sports. I was not as interested. Um, both encouraged in after school programs. I was not as interested. But um, growing up, I was fine. I mean, 
Sorry, I, it's like so many different. Growing up, I, I was, was fine. fine. <laughs> this is where I have my actual breakdown. Right. Um, <laughs> you sure you don't want to cut any of this out? No, I'm not. No, I'm not cutting any of this. Not. It's wonderful. I like that, though. I mean, I, I and you and your brother are both extremely, uh, I, it seems to be similarly. We, right. We were, we were very supported in whatever we wanted to do. My brother is a type A. I'm not. Um, it did not strike <laughs> me, though, until college when we went to the same school. My brother is a plastics engineer major. He was on the varsity baseball team. He might have been on basketball at that point, too. And I started as an art major. So we had some overlap in friends. And I actually, this guy that I was kind of crushing on actually said to me, he goes, oh, man, your, your brother's Joey. Yeah. OK. He's like. So how do, how do your parents feel that, you know, he's a plastics major and you're an art major? <gasps> and I went, well, first of all, I'm not going to kiss you tonight. Yeah, first of Peace all. Out, second yeah. of all, they love me just the same. It was, oh, it was the first time that somebody outside of my world yeah. said something that made me think, oh, wait, this is wrong. This is not this is normal. Weird. Yeah. This is, I mean... Because my family has always been very supportive. When I was a kid, I, I loved to draw. My parents, you know, would send me to the Museum of Fine Arts for their art classes in the museum program. And so cool. I did some really cool stuff. But, like, I don't think they ever thought I'd make a living at it. But they didn't discourage me from doing what I enjoyed. Right. So, so it felt, it felt there were no, like, gender norm roles thrust upon mm. us. Good. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Noodle, do you feel like you were encouraged to truly be anything you wanted to be? Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, my dad used to call me the star of stage and screen when I was real little, Aww. which, uh, I mean, thank you, but it turned out <laughs> to not be true. Most, I think the biggest problem is that I can't sing, and that really, like, hindered my development as a movie star. But that didn't stop you. It I did mean, not I, stop me. I yeah. love that, we, you know, we went Singing to a sing-along last night. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, doesn't stop you. Um, no, I think my parents always wanted me to be better than they were and do better than they did and supported me and encouraged me and waited really patiently for me to stop being a bartender but never stopped believing that I would start stop being a bartender. Mm -hmm. They really wanted me to succeed and reach and uh, always you know, tell me that they're proud of me, which is nice because... I wasn't terribly proud of myself as a bartender, but feel good about it now. Um, but growing up, it was very much a push for success. There was no, you could do this, but you don't have to. It was, nope, do it. Do it. Get it done. A's were expected. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember ever, anyone ever being disappointed in, uh, in anything that I brought home, but I also... <laughs> Never brought home disappointing report cards. Right. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Zero surprise. Right. <laughs> um, because I am super type A. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I felt like my parents really believed that I could achieve whatever it was. And there was no no doubt. My dad did always make fun of me and my lack of, of uh, math. He did. And you know what? He was right. Because I, I could not tell you a ballpark if it was 10 or 100. I had no idea. <laughs> I was never able to gauge that. But that being said, like, I'm, I'm reasonable at math now. 
I can add and subtract and multiply. all the important math. Right, like right. you know what? That's the important math. I cannot. I cannot do algebra, except I might be able to still. I Who don't knows? think right. you need to. I mean, yeah. like it's rare. Another what, what's the all joke? the programs. Ah, the another day where I haven't used the Pythagorean theorem. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the the concepts of algebra we do use every day in in regards to just a way of thinking. But right. no, I mean, you're seldom actually having to solve for. for right. a, no, yeah. you don't. Um, you but don't. no, I, I do. F- I do feel like my my parents um, believe that I could do and be anything. Yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah, that's super wonderful. Yeah. What about you? And you grew up around a lot of women. Oh, I grew up strong so, yeah. women. So my family uh, was, it, it is very much a matriarch. Uh, my mother's side of the family is just, just women everywhere. Um, however, there are a lot of, uh, we are talking about a large group of women where uh, going to college is not super common. It is more now in the generation that kind of I'm a part of and the gener- generations behind me. Um, but above me, a very, very rare. Um, I, I always felt like I, I was surrounded by strong women, but, you know, strong women being uh, women who can carry a, a lot, who, who can handle a large burden, who can handle a household and three children and, and taking care of their husband. And that was the, the strength that was there. Um, I feel like I was encouraged to do whatever I wanted to do. I definitely was not told I couldn't do anything by, you know, either parent. I was primarily, you know, I was, my parents were divorced. So I was raised at home. Uh, my, my home was my mom. And that also included like a, a gaggle of aunts and uncles. I was raised by many many people. It takes a village. It does take a village, especially for me. I am a handful. <laughs> uh, it, it was. It was just me and like five grown-ups all the time. Um, <laughs> and, and every single one of those parental figures definitely encouraged me to do whatever I was into at the moment. Uh, I come from a family where, you know, making money is very important. Find a job where you make money and you don't have to worry about it. And, and that's, I think, what was most encouraged not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that right but it wasn't job satisfaction it wasn't or finding your passion right there was no no uh be fulfilled in what you do mm-hmm. it was everyone has to work and everyone fucking hates it yeah. so find something that you love outside of work because they didn't really have things that they loved outside of work because they weren't encouraged for hobbies and things like that so any of my you know mm-hmm. dance and theater and all of these things were very very much encouraged uh, it, it wasn't until recently wasn't until recently uh, my theater skills of enunciation coming up real well. <laughs> um, uh, until recently, I didn't realize that what I, I always thought that I was encouraged to be anything, and that my my parents and my entire family believed that I could be anything I wanted to be. And I won't call it out specifically, but during the election uh, with a woman running for president it came to my attention that there are people in my life that don't believe a woman should be president. And all of a sudden, like my walls, like it was like a, like my mind ripped. I was like, wait, so when I was a kid, when you actually say things like, you can be anything you want, anything you put your mind to, I believe that you can do and you can be anything. You didn't mean that. That was a, a grown up like, whoa, I need to sit down and reevaluate my childhood. And like, and you don't, you don't need to reevaluate your childhood. If you had a wonderful childhood, you had a wonderful childhood. This does not need to ruin that for you. But that was difficult. That's a toughie to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you think, well, what if it was me? 
do you believe that Mike exactly. could be president? If I if I had asked you to hand out pamphlets, would you not have? If mm-hmm. I if I was running for office and I, you knew that my ultimate goal was to be president of the United States, you, would you not have supported that? It, yeah. it that was weird. That was a very hard thing Hillary, to deal with. Hillary's whole family rallied mm-hmm. around, and you got to think, yeah, that's that's interesting. So, and it mm-hmm. makes you question. The second you see that, whether it be from a teacher, a parent, a- anybody that you have looked up to or taken advice from, you know, whatever that may be, mm. um, the second you first see that imbalance of you are different, yeah. that sticks with you. You know, I had gym teachers who would make comments that definitely were, it was very obvious that they were supporting the boys doing certain things and not the girls. And mm-hmm. and then as you age and you see yeah, that in you your first at, like, job the budget, and your... The, the way yes. money gets spent in schools for uh, boys' sports as opposed to girls' sports and more kind of equipment and, right. outf- and uh, uniforms and... I mean, football. Football alone. sports. Right. Professional sports. We have female professional leagues that, that are pointless. I mean, in, in the, you know... In the, the adver- in the advertisers, it always goes back to the They're advertisers. They're super marginalized, right. Yes. Um, and mm-hmm. and you, you want to talk about a pay gap. Mm. Right. I, I, there is not one woman athlete who is making 17 grand a year just on her contract with her league. That is not happening. Yeah. I'm, I met million. million. 17 grand. I met yeah, million, yeah. not They're grand. Making 17 We're grand. making 17 grand. We heard it. We heard it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's the that's the differential. There's your, there's your way. What's more important? Uh, what? Who doing what work mm-hmm. to society actually matters? And until we see changes, we're not going to. Yeah. It's not going to. That's a great note to hit at the end in, uh, in yeah. preparation for next uh, the next month's episode. Yeah, I mean that's sticking the landing. Yeah. Oh, right. Well done. Oh, arms Thank up. You. Thank yeah. you. Gymnastics. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Woo-hoo. <laughs> um, so that, that's pretty much it. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, we, of course, we could probably talk about this for hours. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take a slight break. Let us know what you think. If you have anything specific to say towards women in work, um, and, and anything either that we didn't cover or something that you think we could have uh, expanded on, we are definitely open, and we'll give you all of the uh, ways to contact us in just a moment. We are going to close out like we normally do with Political Minute. So I would like to talk about the fact that Ireland's um, vote yes passed, and they have repealed the 8th. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Big, big deal. Yeah. To, to pull the country out from under essentially like Catholic rule mm-hmm. um, to bring us into the 21st century. But the thing that really moved me about this, I mean, yes, of course, the, the, the yes vote is, is the most important thing. Right. And, and uh, legalizing abortion mm-hmm. is life-changing for people everywhere. It sets a totally new precedent. It takes a totally new example. It saves women gives them more control over their their body their choice their future etc but i want to talk about the voters themselves there was a big movement uh on twitter it was it was reflected pretty heavily called uh home for voting or home for the vote where expats all over the world flew home to vote in this because this was a once in a generation opportunity mm-hmm. and the turnout was it was like 64 percent of the country voted and the there was like a it, it passed with a sixty six percent yes, um, which is astronomical. Yeah, yeah. And you compare that to voter rates in the United States. According to CNN, the twenty sixteen turnout was the lowest voter rate in in a twenty year a twenty years of voting records. The lowest turnout God, that's for that, for an election 
that had the potential to be historic. I mean, unfortunately, it, it still was right. historic. Sure, right. sure, it's historic disaster. But that the apathy of voters here, and as, yeah. as we go into the midterms, it's people care word. even less. I mean, voter turnout for midterms is like forty percent. Because everyone, I, I think everyone's just so downtrodden. Oh, they were so yeah. burnt out. Mm-hmm. It was such. It was such a, 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 a horrific display of democracy being mocked and just torn but down in a way. It was it was really hard. And I'm not making excuses, but I can only imagine part of the, the lack of showing up was that nobody expected that outcome. Sure. Oh, right. Everyone yes. just assumed yeah, it couldn't, I'm not, it couldn't it happen. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying it's right. Right. I, I'm not I, making excuses. The call that I put out for that is in the face of that apathy, in the face of democracy being mocked and downtrodden, is stand up mm-hmm. for our democracy and keep it alive by enacting your right to vote. Mm-hmm. And people all over the world fight and die to be allowed to vote, um, yeah. to, to get us to where we are today. So don't be apathetic. Mm-hmm. Stand together and vote. You know, frankly, it's none of my business who you vote for. I mean, I care who you vote for, but it's not mm-hmm. any of my business. What matters to me is that people exercise their rights to democracy and that people show up on the day because, frankly, the rest of the world does it. And why aren't we? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we have we have no one to blame but ourselves yeah, for exactly. the, the downturn exactly. of society. There is it's it's hard. We've talked about this before. Um your your world is so heavily cultivated. Mm-hmm. You obviously are spending time with people that have similar views as you. Your news feeds become very very similar to mm-hmm. your interests. So it it, right, it takes a second beliefs. right. It takes a second to realize to stop looking at everything and think. Yeah, it seems like everybody doesn't agree with what's going on. It seems like everyone wants this to change mm-hmm. in a certain direction. But the truth is that's only the people in your world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's real easy to walk away or not show up when it seems like, nah, it's going to be fine. Everybody I know is showing up and they're all voting for the same thing. Not, not thinking about the vast majority of people that maybe feel differently and the, the world that you're not privy to. And people talk about our democracy being fragile. And the reason our democracy is so fragile is because we take it lightly. Oh, we do. If, it, if there's we an American privilege. That's how oh. important it is to stand and protect and defend. And literally, the only thing you can do is vote. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I mean, I can call people and suggest that they vote. I can register people and remind them to vote. Mm-hmm. But l- at the end of the day, I, I can give my money to causes that I support. But at the end of the day, the only actual power that any of us have is our voting right mm-hmm. and showing up at the ballot box. Checking that mm-hmm. box. Right. And it would be, at least then, you know, uh, in, what did you say the total turnout it, in 2016 was? It roughly? was a, I don't know what the actual number was, but it was the lowest in the lowest year history. So you still hear a lot of voices on every side of it. And if you, say, sift out, you know, 75% of them, because you assume 75% have not voted. Why are we listening? Like, mm-hmm. I really do believe, like, you do not have a right to say that you're upset with things if you're not showing up to demonstrate. If you ain't right. voting, you don't get a voice to complain. Right. It's very right. frustrating. Unless you're under 18 and are, like, raring to go to vote. Exactly. And we want to hear from you Which, guys. you yeah. know what? Hey. Yes, we do. Do this... 
I think the next two years are going to be very, uh, very enlightening. Oh, well, un- yeah, unfortunately, I, I've been um, trying very hard just to not, you know, fall into a pit of despair. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's that like? It's, you know what, <laughs> exhausting <laughs> like everything else. Um, it does take a lot. Yeah, I feel it's like a constant R-O-U-S, like in my face, right? Um, the, the, the one, the idea that, oh, well in in two years it's going to be over. We just have to get through it. We have to keep pushing back, push back, push back. But I, I more so now feel like the truth is six months from now, what we're doing at this moment might not be possible. I think it is extremely possible that a, a podcast like ours express, you know, thrown out on the internet might not be possible. We have gotten to the point where massive like regime implementation in the United States of America is possible. Um, And I'm I'm kind of concerned about the damage that's going to be done over the next two years, whether or not this continues, if this continues, I mean, whatever. Um, I mean, the systematic rollback of basic human rights that the government is currently trying to impose is terrifying. I mean, today we learned that, you know, or today and yesterday, we learned that roughly fifteen hundred children have been 1, lost in the system. One thousand seven hundred and forty-seven, uh, based on the, the current. Uh, it is a regime. It is. It is a uh, the current uh, regulations and then mm-hmm. the practices of what's happening when it comes to immigrants. Um, and, and we learned that today, and no one knows what we're going to learn tomorrow. Right. Every day, it's something new. So and nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to care. So if if you care, the only thing you can do is vote. I mean, this is great. Like you said, talking about it's great. Right. What we're doing here, just kind of trying to have a conversation about all kinds of things yeah. that are, you know, need to change and are ready. We're ready right. for this change. Um, but voting is really the only yeah. thing you can do. I mean, the spreading of information, the the sharing of experiences so that people don't feel like they're alone, um, just the dialogue, you know, and just trying to humanize everything. Because right now, I, I don't watch the nightly news. No. I I will go to my phone or my laptop a couple of times a day. I'll read the headlines, sometimes click through. But it is just, it's assaulting. It's changing by the moment. And it changes, you know, from source to source to source. So assaulting is a really great way to put it. Um, Yeah. On that note. Oh, and speaking of voting, and it's not just voting. It's also doing things like uh, my sister, Danielle, who did run for mayor of Bertram, Texas. And that election has happened. And unfortunately, Danielle uh, is not mayor of Bertram, Texas. However. Which is deeply their loss. Deeply, deeply their loss. Yeah. Um, doing that is is also get involved. Get as involved as you possibly yeah. can. Danielle, because we are so proud of you. We are so proud Amazing. of you. Amazing, yes. The fact that, uh, you know, that happened and it was upsetting. And, of course, it's a huge... Uh, gut, kind of gut punch when you want something so so severely and, and mm-hmm. you don't get it. Um, but, you know, the, the next day, the next couple of days, I mean, she's still out there. She's still doing her volunteer work. She's still working with the community. And that didn't stop her from working with the community. That's and amazing. That's, that's, that's great. kind of what we all need to do. Yeah. Aw, yay. Yay. Women. Um, so thank, thank you guys so much for listening. Please let us know. Uh, we are, it is 
we are coming up on 140. So Oof. that's a long and <laughs> that's a long and for us. Um, well, you know what? I gotta tell you, my mom is always saying they're not long enough. So this one's for you, mom. Oh, hi, hey. Teresa. Hi, Teresa. Aw, <laughs> we're so cute. Um, we want to definitely again ask you to say, uh, let us know what you think. If you have any additional uh, topics, maybe that we didn't cover in regards to women in work, you can reach us at Chat Your Own Podcast at gmail.com. That's C H A C H A R O N E podcast at gmail.com. I'm really glad I didn't have to spell that. I was looking at it. I mean, <laughs> I know, but like I had to. Just I'm watching. Read it. I was like, How are you doing that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Jennifer, where can people uh, find you if they would like to see what you're up to? Well, I'm on the social medias at Jenny B Creative. It's J E N N I, the letter B Creative. Not a command. Not a command. <laughs> not a command. Uh, or you know what? Whatever. Whatever you. Well, it's whatever you want. Yeah, it's more like a state of being. Ooh. Like I be creative. Yeah. Yeah, you be. Honestly, yeah. I I I did that after I got married. So I I took my husband's. And I was like, it works better than Jenny L. Creative. Yes. Jenny B. Yes, it does. Every <laughs> pause. Yep. Yep. yep mm-hmm. We agree. I also had to like visually see it. Yeah. Like, yes, that's yeah. not. Then it just looked like a. Yeah. Uh, right. That's like, like a, a line. In yeah, the it's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, Noodle, where can we find you? Uh, well, I mean, on, on the Cha Your Own, obviously. Uh, uh, on Instagram, it's uh, noodling around. It's mostly pictures of books and wine and my cat. And All uh, important. Toby helps. Doing Toby does help. Super important votary things with my Indivisibles group. And you can find me on Twitter at NessieNoodle13. So uh, mostly, um, you know, political rants. <laughs> which are fantastic. Yeah, which are fantastic. But I've actually, I've been trying to change my political rants um, off of my personal Twitter and onto the Indivisibles group that I, that I work yeah. with. So uh, Indivisibles... <laughs> Slash uh, Sherman Oaks is the best place to find my political rants on Twitter. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, you can find me at Candy Presents. That's Candy with an I. Pretty much everywhere on the internets. Uh, go on to iTunes. Listen to uh, seasons one and two of Mulder It's Us, an X Files podcast, which is co hosted by myself and Jenny B. Creative. Yay. Uh, it's uh, good times. It's good times. It's good times. It's good times. It's good sci fi times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like that. You know, we got to the place where it was honest discussions about where we felt things went. Uh, yeah. Still love the show. Still love the people. Of course. Of course. We actually recently, uh, we were at Monster Palooza in Los Angeles. Or, well, Jenny, Jen couldn't make it. Uh. Jenny B. Creative couldn't make it. Jen couldn't make it. Um, and, and Noodle is not into monsters. Noodle's not into <laughs> scary things. There was scary like so much scary makeup. Um, but I was there with uh, Josh and my dude. Dustin, it would be weird not to say his name now, right? Uh, um, and uh, it, we had super. <laughs> oh, fun, it's but podcast also, official. It is. Oh, it's totally podcast official. Oh, my um, <laughs> I uh, we we did see uh, Mitch Pelleggi at at Monster Palooza, and we did get a nice uh, Skinner autograph. And uh, I, I followed him around the floor, maybe just for like a second, just like a second, because like I, I got to see the hips way in person, y'all. So that was pretty exciting. I was gonna say my final request before like sleeping for the next thirteen hours, because I don't know what I was going through. But my final request in, in, in text to Candy was, just stalk him. If you see him, just stalk him on the floor. And I did. And you know what? The casual, the Thank you. comfy, sex, sexy, sexiness yeah. that just wafts off him into the universe is beautiful and on that note we would like to thank you for listening we will be <laughs> back uh next month probably with josh that's josh brunell next month Ooh. and uh we will see you guys do soon. we want to mention the topic for next month 
What's the topic? We know it. Oh, yes, the topic for next yes. month is uh, it'll be more eloquently put, but it's uh, it's everything you like is problematic. That's problematic. In which we talk about the things that we love that have deep, deep, deep failings. Yeah. yeah. And day by day, that list gets longer. Oh, it does. It does. I'm super upset about so it. So upsetting. Because yeah. yeah. I like a lot of things that are problematic, as it turns out. I'm going to write in a lot of stuff oh. before you even record. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm already upset about it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I am Candy. I'm Noodle. And this is Jen. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.